Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. On this day in 1942, the United States government signed the Mexican Farm Labor Program Agreement with Mexico. This program, set up as a temporary war-related measure to supply much-needed labor during the early years of World War II, continued uninterrupted until 1964. The agreement guaranteed a minimum wage of 30 cents an hour and humane treatment of Mexican farm workers in the United States. During the first five years of the program, Texas farmers chose not to participate in the restrictive accord, opting to hire farm workers directly from Mexico who entered the United States illegally. But the abundant supply of labor brought into the United States legally finally enticed Texans to participate fully in the program. More than 4.5 million laborers entered the United States during the 22 years of the program. Now on to today's podcast. Over the past few months, the border economies remained on the path to recovery. Border non-farm employment flattened in May, adding only 200 jobs after net losses in April. Employment growth is still well below the pre-pandemic long-term average rate. Border housing sales fell 1.2% in May, continuing to trend downward amid low inventories. Even as transactions for lower-priced homes rose across the border metros, reduced activity for homes priced more than $200,000 pulled overall sales down. Depleted supply and accelerating home prices threaten housing affordability and are major headwinds to the border's housing market. Texas Real Estate Research Center research economist Dr. Luis Torres joins us today to talk more about the state of the Texas border. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Haley. It's a pleasure to be here. Give a quick overview of the economy along the Texas border. So the, the Texas border economy continues to recover. It, it's on a pathway to recovery. Uh, job growth improved as well. It, it, it did statewide, national, nationally. It also did alongside the border. So it's coming along. Relatively, the recovery is a little bit slower. You know, it's still being hampered by the, by the fact that a lot of national Mexican tourists cannot cross over to the to the U.S. side from Mexico to the U.S. by car or by walking. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of affecting still some of the local, you know, retail activity, restaurants, bars, uh, retail sales. So I think that's kind of still affect the recovery of the border economy. Uh, overall, you know, tr- trade wise, it's it's come back. El Paso, surprisingly, something's happening there. I think trade hasn't come back compared to Laredo, McAllen, or, or Bronzeville. And that's, I think, is more to the fact of what's happening with the supply chain effects, right? Uh, all those bottlenecks we're seeing, especially in the uh, automotive industry, I think mm-hmm. it's affecting El Paso. But it's not because of, of, of lack of movement activity, but more those bottlenecks that affecting the not only the the world economy and the local economy. What is the state of the housing markets in the borders? So the housing market is as 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 all the housing markets in Texas and the nation are is doing really well. It's uh, the issue is there. It's 
Again, it's facing strong demand, facing weak supply, and that's pushing up prices. But overall, the housing market is doing well at the border. Uh, what we saw, what we've seen is that, you know, that sector of the economy uh, wasn't affected by the pandemic. And one major reason why, because think about the people who actually buy a house, own a house, they were laid off uh, during the pandemic. They work mm-hmm. in industries that can socially distance. They actually prospered. You can see they prospered during the pandemic, right? And also, well, now, since they're, since they're they still have their job, they're working from home, they're looking for a bigger house uh, where they can work comfortably from, who has an office, uh, more space for their for their families. So on the contrary, you know, they, they went out and tried to purchase a home, and the same thing happened along the border, right? We see a, a strong demand facing weak supply uh, that has pushed up prices also. Has housing affordability along the border changed since the onset of the pandemic? It's changed somewhat, but, you know, not a lot. I think although we've seen such high prices, I think uh, high price growth in the housing market, what's helped is the low mortgage rates. Because, you know, don't forget, it's not just about housing prices, it's also about the mortgage rate. So the mortgage rate, I think, is one of the major reasons why the housing market continues so strong and demand continues so strong because mortgage rates are continuing to be continue to be uh, uh, low, right? So that's allowed uh, affordability to kind of keep keeping keep check. Now, the issue is if you own a home, you have the facility of moving up, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or, or building wealth. The issue is when you're outside looking in, you're a renter and you want to come into the housing market. I think that's when you see that the effects of the pandemic, where the ability to purchase a starter home is not there. And that's when affordability comes into play. When you want to move from being a renter and become a home buyer. Because the issue is that practically you're not going to find a home with a price tag below $300,000 or $250,000. In the case of the border, below $250,000. It's going to be really difficult for you to find a home in that price range. So that's when that affordability becomes more of an issue of trying to purchase that starter home, moving from being a renter to a homeowner. And I think that's what we're seeing, not only in the border, but in the rest of of the state and the rest of the country, right? Given the high increase in prices, maybe being priced out, even with the low mortgage rates, and that's making it difficult for, for people or households to make that transition from renters to homeowners. What obstacles do the border metros face going forward? One of the obstacles I mentioned earlier was that when is the uh, the when is the the flow of people is going to be allowed from Mexican nationals, right? When are we going to when is the border going to reopen fully uh, for tourism? Now, I think the other challenge is going to be the issues with the Mexican economy. The Mexican economy is kind of not it's kind of recovering it also. Uh, let's see what happens with the current policies by the current government and how they have affects well the trade between countries. I think Mexico could have done much better, should be doing much better, taking advantage of the China tariffs, mm-hmm. right? All this globalization, all these issues alongside the, the world trade. Mexico was well positioned to take advantage of this. And unfortunately I don't think they they took advantage of all all of this. So I, I think that that that's an issue. Of course the immigration issue also, uh, what's going to happen uh, going forward? 
Uh, it's unfortunately it's been too much about politics instead of sound economic policies going forward to have a better immigration policy in our country that allows us, you know, to find the workers we need. Be, they could be high skilled workers or they can be low skilled workers, allows them a, a pathway for them to enter the country legally. You know, it's, I think that the border economy, like the rest of the economy, is recovering, uh, maybe at a slower pace. Uh, than the rest of the state or, or the top four major MSAs of the country, but it's but it's also recovering and the housing market also is also uh, it's a strong housing market, strong demand again facing weak supply that's pushing up prices. Well, thanks again for coming on. Oh, thank you, Haley. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, Luis. For more information on the economies along the Texas-Mexico border, check out our Texas Border Economy Report. We posted a link to the monthly report on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. Don't forget to subscribe to email updates so you always know when the latest report is published. And while you're on our website, browse through our research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Our latest topics include our weekly leading index, how to get a real estate license, monthly employment report, Corpus Christi housing affordability, private rights to property, rental tax issues, and more. We post a link to our research library on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you're looking for more from the Texas Real Estate Research Center, head to our website. That's www recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, news, and more. You can also check out the Center's News Talk Texas database, which is updated daily with the biggest headlines in Texas real estate. You can also subscribe to Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter, to get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox. To stay up to date on what articles are published on our website, follow us on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone. Brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder, and I'll see you next time. Bye.